Welcome to the Blood Cancer Experience, a podcast series presented by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada. This series connects people affected by blood cancers to their community with stories of hope, healing, and help. Hi, I'm George Athens, your host for this ongoing series of podcasts on the cancer experience. Today, we're speaking with Brent Kirshner in Calgary, Alberta. The topic is hairy cell leukemia. Thanks for joining us today, Brent. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Can we start with a little bit of, um, well, a little bit of background about yourself and, uh, okay. well, let's say when when you were diagnosed with uh, hairy cell leukemia. Okay. Um, yeah. This this happened back in the fall of uh, two thousand three. Uh, November of 2003, to be exact. Uh, I, at the time, I was working as a school guidance counselor in southeastern British Columbia, in a small town that didn't that uh, just had a uh, uh, didn't have uh, full acute care at the hospital. Anyhow, what happened was I uh, was it was a Friday that we had off Friday afternoon, and I was I went to the pool, and then I came home and rested. Didn't feel well. Felt like I had a I had the flu, so I slept um, all night, uh, bundled up, and try and sweat out whatever was going on. Didn't feel really good the next day, so I spent most of that day in bed. And then the following day, it was worse. And then I missed a day of work because I just did not feel well at all. My torso was sore, and then I was able to go to work midweek, but just for a day. And then I came back and I still wasn't feeling good. So I took some more time off, but then the following weekend, I went to the hospital and they said, Oh, you've just got a virus. So the next day I went to work and I was coughing and hacking all the time. And I guess my face didn't look very good. And the school principal told me to go to the hospital. And this was in another town that I worked at because I was itinerant. And at that point, the doctor there was different, and she diagnosed me with uh, pneumonia in both lungs and said, you need to get to a hospital ASAP. And they arranged for me to go in an ambulance, and I had I had a choice of either going to uh, Cranbrook, which was a small town with limited service, or Lethbridge, where I had family and friends and support, so I opted for that. When I got to the hospital in Lethbridge, they told me that they were going to intubate me, which meant that I I knew they were going to stick a tube down me, but I didn't know that I was going to be uh, put into a long-term induced coma to get rid of the fluid in my lungs, but uh, that's what happened. Uh, How old old were you at that time? And um, I guess you were diagnosed with something called hairy cell leukemia. What, What exactly is that? Okay, um, well, I, at the time I was 44, I'm now 62, so uh, at what happened, uh, I actually had uh, what was called ARDS, acute respiratory distress syndrome, which is worse than pneumonia, and they couldn't figure out what, why I had this um, uh, respiratory distress syndrome, but they kept me in hospital in ICU for a while, and this was in Lethbridge where I presently reside. And at the time, they didn't have a microscope to really check things, but eventually they decided to send me to Calgary uh, via air ambulance. And then I 
it was there that they diagnosed me with hairy cell leukemia. Uh, I I was uh, brought out of my induced coma and told the news, which was totally mind blowing for me, because uh, you know I mean it, it's just like you you never expect to hear the words you have cancer. What what is hairy cell leukemia? Well, it is where the B cell lymphocytes in your blood. Uh, they're white. They're white cells, in particular B cell. Uh, they get. They are basically a number of them are uh, immature white cells that are not capable of fighting infection, and they were all covered with like small hair-like projections on the outside of it, and that's why they call it hairy cell. It's quite a rare leukemia. It only happens to maybe in maybe in Canada, maybe 60 or 70 people a year. But the good news about hairy cell is that it's treatable. What was the, um, after the diagnosis then, what was the process that you went through? Uh, in other words, the treatment. Okay, I was put on uh, this uh, chemotherapy that, that treats the uh, hairy cells. The uh, first time I got the um, chemo, it made me wretch, and it was not a pleasant experience, especially after being in uh, ICU for a long time and being in induced coma for three weeks. I was quite weak and uh, wasn't able to speak and uh, was just not really in a position where I could respond well. However, over a period of time, um, it was first uh, given to me as an a infusion for seven days. Uh, towards the end of that, I finally was able to get out of ICU and uh, put into what was called primary care and, you know, tried to get weaned off all my wires and tubes and learn how to walk and talk and eat again. It was quite an, uh, quite an intense experience. How long did all of these treatments last uh, from the start until till the end? Well, then? I went... I went into hospital the 24th of November, and uh, then I got transferred up to Calgary in about the 10th of December, and I came out of hospital in Calgary about a month later. I came home on the 13th of January, and uh, I was using a walker. I'd lost about 35 pounds, and uh, I, was, I needed a lot of rehab to build up a lot of weak muscles. But were you fundamentally... Um, cured at that point then or um not well i i guess i was in a stage that they would call remission and uh that's when they basically i had to have a lot of um like i say work on rehab just rebuilding my body and everything i would go from time to time to visit the hematologist but i was weak and they noticed how weak I was, and uh, so they just made sure that I tried to rebuild my body. I was off work for several months and finally went back to work in early May of that year. But what happened later on in that month was I started to get tired again, and the doctor recommended that I have a uh, what was called a um, bone marrow biopsy, which is akin to getting a root canal done on your butt because they take a uh, they take the bone marrow out of your pelvis. And uh, anyhow, they discovered that the uh, leukemia had returned. So I had to go back up to Calgary for another course of treatment, which was a seven-day continuous infusion. But this wow. time, 
because I was physically able to handle it and I knew that it, you know, the end result was that I'd be a lot better off. I had to, went with a really good attitude and kept up a positive uh, actions. And uh, before I knew it, I was out of hospital and on my way home. That's and, a lot of challenges, uh, I guess. Um, you must be a pretty positive guy with a positive attitude. Oh, yeah. Uh, my faith was a big in, uh, instrument in that. And I had a lot of people that supported me with uh, with prayer and encouragement. And I'm very thankful for that. It helps to have a good network of friends and a pretty strong um, faith and belief system. And how was the medical experience for you in terms of the medical staff and doctors and everything and, and helping you through this period? I was really fortunate that I had a very, very good hematologist who was uh, very um, careful and, and had a really good bedside manner and uh, knew what he was doing. And people seemed to respect this man from all over. He's since retired. I have I now have a different hematologist, but uh, he really made a difference in my life. And uh, I thanked him continuously because he would, if it wouldn't have been for him and his decision to put me on this uh, treatment, I probably wouldn't be here. Did you have any contact with the LLSC uh, during all of this or afterwards? Uh, I, I, I didn't contact with the LLSC initially. I did contact one or another agency and I did some work with them, but over time they kind of weaned me off. And, and then I think I got contacted by somebody else through the LLSC and they asked me if I wouldn't mind helping. And I, because I'm in a helping profession, I just decided this was a good path to go on. Well, that's very nice of you. Um, uh, how do you believe cancer has changed your life? There has to be some positive takeaway from all of this, right? That's true. Yeah. Like a, a lot of times I used to think, well, why me? You know, why did this have to happen to me? But after a while, I, instead of changing it to why me, I kind of added a, a word in the middle. I said, why not me? Because at least I was able to handle a lot of the things that happened. I know a lot of other people that if, if this uh, experience, had, that they'd had that experience, they probably wouldn't be where I am right now. So, any yeah, Any final words for us as we wrap up the the interview, Brent, uh, it's been interesting. And thank you so much for sharing this personal experience with us. I think a lot of it is just keeping a, a very positive mental attitude and having a really good support network of, of friends. And if you have a belief system to make the most of it. Thank you. All the best for the new year. And you too. Thank you very much. If listeners have any questions about this podcast or need any support or resources to navigate your experience, I encourage you to connect with the community service manager in your region. For more information, visit bloodcancers.ca. If you liked our podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us wherever you access your favorite podcasts. We also welcome any ideas for our program, so we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email with your suggestions or comments at info at bloodcancers.ca. Until next time, stay well and stay connected. 
Thank you for listening to The Blood Cancer Experience, a series of podcasts presented by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada. We are committed to supporting the blood cancer community through programs, services, and research.